Hello, mainstreamers and cinephiles and everybody in between. I'm Bryant. And I'm Caitlin. And Operation Silver Screen is a go. Hello, and welcome to Operation Silver Screen. Our show and our mission is centralized on Caitlin and I catching up and giving a debrief on must-see films that we haven't yet seen. However, we also have an additional task in that comes with this assignment, which we refer to as our bonus objective. The goal of our bonus objectives is to watch and debrief sequels and remakes of classics and must-see films. Not only will we review these movies, but also analyze it from the perspective of its predecessors. And Caitlin, once again in the leading seat. See, this this is a hack trick. Third time in a row. Nice, I'm so, liking it. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go ahead and uh, let us know what's... Um, I don't know if it's going to be you that's going to... Tell us about our next episode, or you're going to bring out your inner Dr. Loomis, but go ahead. What was our assignment? (laughs) This week, our mission took us to the infamous town of Haddonfield, Illinois, as we said goodbye to Michael Myers, supposedly for the last time. Halloween ends, it just hit theaters, and it serves as the conclusion to the H40 timeline and the conclusion of Laurie Strode's story. Uh, as some of you may know, the Halloween franchise itself is definitely a interesting one, as there are now 15 films in the franchise, and it contains, I think, four different timelines now, and then a remake timeline. It's very convoluted. There's a lot to it, but it's a franchise that I particularly am a fan of. So for this week, we are going to be reviewing Halloween Ends and where it fits into the franchise and what we think about the film overall. But before we get into it, I want to mention that this first part of our debrief will be spoiler-free as we talk about our overall thoughts on the film. But as we move into the classified part of the mission, there will be some spoilers on the story. Well, actually, there will be a lot of spoilers, I think, for this particular one. But we'll be sure to give you a warning when we get to that part. So Halloween Ends opens up four years after the events of Halloween Kills. It was the second one in this kind of trilogy of the H40 timeline, H40 being H Halloween 40 years after the initial Halloween. And that takes place in timeline speaking directly after the original Halloween movie. So in this particular timeline, we have the original John Carpenter, 1978, Halloween, and then we have this H40 timeline, these new films. And in this film, Laurie Strode is now living with her granddaughter, and she's trying to move on her with her life and the trauma that she has suffered from Michael Myers. Meanwhile, Michael himself awaits in the darkness, waiting for his next move. So, Brian, I know that you have some thoughts on the franchise, but tell me, were you excited for this movie at all? No. No, not at all. <laughs> I... I checked out once after the first one. I actually really liked the the first movie, the 2018. Really, I have to specify when you say first Halloween. Um, <laughs> this is the third first Halloween. I liked it all the way up to the end. And then there was just so many things that made me upset about the ending that seeing that the second one is a direct sequel from that, like it was like the direct product, of course, of the, the original I I didn't I didn't care like to watch this. I didn't watch Halloween Kills at all because like how upset I was with the first one. So I wasn't excited for for this at all. And I'm not a big fan of the franchise like you are. Actually, I'm not a fan of the the franchise. I'm a fan of the franchise with caveats and I think there's so many films in this franchise. There's kind of a lot to sift through. 
for this particular film, I wasn't very excited either, to be honest. I watched the 2018 movie and and it was all right. It didn't blow me away, but it was decent enough. But then I saw the Halloween Kills trailer and I just really wasn't interested and I didn't watch it in theaters, but I did watch it on my Halloween rewatch that I just did over on Twitter. I just went through all the Halloween franchise films. I watched all of them and gave some thoughts on there. So if you want to check that out, we're over at Op Silver Screen on Twitter. But so I did watch it for that, and I really wasn't a huge fan of it either. There is some new directions that it takes that I just wasn't a big fan of. And so going into Halloween Ends, I wasn't really expecting it to be a film that was really going to tell the Halloween story that I had wanted. I will say that I was not still not looking forward to it, but I wasn't dreading it after watching the Halloween Kills. You said you were dreading it? No, I wasn't dreading it. There were some things in Halloween Kills that I was like, all right, there's some competency here. There's a lot of issues, but there's competency here. Gotcha. I see. I'm still kind of shocked that Danny McBride is a a writer of these new trilogy. I'm not shocked. With all the horror directors, all the comedians becoming horror directors and writers, I mean, we have, I mean, the famous one, of course, is Jordan Peele's Get Out. Like did us and nope. Uh, this year as well, we had Barbarian, who was directed by one of the the main actors from The Whitest Kids You Know, uh, uh, a skit show. Actually, I forgot that I gotta send you some some links for their for their videos. So seeing a, another comedian come out and wanting to direct horror, I wasn't too surprised. Not direct. He wrote it. I mean, wrote Greece. it. Yeah, wrote it. Yeah. Or, or uh, seeing a comedic a comedian come out and create a horror property in some fashion okay yeah i guess that that's true i didn't really think about it that way i guess i only really think about jordan peele in that regards but i forgot about the barbarian uh director as well yeah and i'm feeling i feel like i'm missing somebody else as well but it just seems like comedians really have a sense of art i mean aside from just uh being having their place in horror now but there's been a lot of times where we've been surprised by comedians going into a straight role and knocking it out of the park yeah that's true i I think probably also a lot of comedians like in comedy you kind of have to master as well that sense of timing and build up and i think that's the same as in horror yeah definitely so now you said that you are not a fan of this franchise so can you tell me a little bit more about why that is and what your opinion on the franchise as a whole both all of the Halloween films, and particularly this trilogy. When I say I'm not a fan, it doesn't mean that I hate this. Uh, Actually, the only other Halloween I saw before I saw the 2018 was the original Halloween. And I like the original Halloween. I respect it, but I don't love it. And I, I only put it up there like on the top of best slasher movies because it's just so much of a pioneer. Like... Of course, there were two movies that came out prior to this that really kind of set up the slasher, but this was the one that it set up the formula. Like we, we, we got how a slasher should be by the numbers. So I have a lot of respect about that, but it's just that by the time that I watched it, you know, this movie came out in the 70s. I didn't watch it till somewhere late 2010s. And we've already seen so much more done with it, seen it evolve. So it was, I mean, it, it was a, it's a great film. I just, I think there's just so much better 
nowadays. I also don't care for Michael Myers. He doesn't interest me as a as a horror villain. I think he has probably the most boring horror power out of everybody. And I'll kind of go into like what works and doesn't work with this. Mm-hmm. So, but I just don't find him like it's not like oh man, I want to see more Michael Myers. I want to see what he really does. It's not like Freddy where I want man, I want to see what Freddy like what kind of dreams and and, and how he's gonna pull his victims in. Michael Myers is like all right, let me see how he stabs somebody. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I do love the original Halloween. It's my favorite of the classic horror movies, both for the reasons you mentioned with it being a pioneer, but I think it also is just a masterclass in low-budget filmmaking. I know we've talked a lot about a lot of low-budget horror on this podcast, but I think this deserves um, to be up there as well in conversation, but more so than that, I think it's a masterclass in lighting and the use of space in particular, and I think that a lot of horror has learned from that, and especially just John Carpenter's filmmaking style. I just, I really enjoy it. So I I really do love the original Halloween, and as a franchise, it's a franchise that for me has always had a lot of potential. There's a lot of themes in it that I just really, really love in the franchise. I won't say that the films are great. Most of the films in this franchise are not very good, but there are also still things that I can pick from it that I just really enjoy, even if I don't really like the movie as a whole. As far as Michael Myers goes, I mean, I can understand what you're saying because Michael Myers, or the shape as he's also called, he really is a blank slate. There's not really much personality to him, and it's intentional that way. So I can understand your feelings in that regards, but I do think there is sort of an intention there, at least uh, originally in the original Halloween, and then some other uh, movies in this franchise kind of have their own take on that. It's it's definitely intentional, but that's the thing. I like. I think it works for one or two movies. Then you try to expand it. It's like, all right, kind of need a little bit something more here. We're kind of just repeating the 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 same movies. Granted that they do try to give it more plot. And we were talking before we started the episode about Curse of Michael Myers, and that didn't really work out too well. But I just I feel like there's. Yes, it's kind of hard to build on top of a character that there's, it's just a shape. It's the shape of evil. It's the shape of evil. That's what it is. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what we think works in this franchise. And then we'll go into what works and what doesn't work. And then some major aspects of the franchise and whole and what we think works for that. And something before we even get into the films itself, how do you feel about the opening credits of of the Halloween franchise. Cause that's something that this new trilogy brought back. And it was something that I really enjoyed. If I didn't watch all like the other films, cause they were doing it too. I know Rob zombies did it and it goes on for a while. I mean, it's a cool throwback cause we don't get opening credits like we used to. So it was a cool throwback. I think I would have liked the credits a little bit more if I wasn't so sick and tired of pumpkins at this point. Ah, uh, okay. That, that was the other problem. I'm so tired of seeing pumpkins and candles. Yep. Well, I feel like for me, a lot of, I don't even remember which sequels, I know I just watched it, but I don't remember which sequels have the pumpkin opening credits in them, but I know that I didn't really notice it again until I got into this H40 uh, 
film trilogy and i really like what they did in this particular trilogy i don't especially halloween kills i wasn't a fan of halloween kills but i loved their opening with the fire the pumpkins on fire i thought that was really well done the pumpkins probably caught on fire because of all the candles one of them eventually tipped over and the whole set caught on fire <laughs> well also with the opening credits you get the inclusion of one of the most iconic things about this right next to michael myers the next most iconic thing about this is the theme song the theme song is yeah it's fantastic that's another thing that i really love about the first movie and i watching all of these films you know i forgot to forgot to tell the uh the audience what what films we watch now i'm not a huge fan like caitlin but for these movies we do go ahead and make sure that we watch some if not all of the films within the franchise now like texas chainsaw massacre and hellraiser i'm not watching Hall 15 movies. I love you guys. But the the main thing is it's not just about watching the films, but finding conversation points in each. So similar to what we kind of do with Predator, we have the sequel. So we know what works and doesn't work in a sequel. So I watched Halloween 2. H2O is considered to be the best film before the H40 timeline. So I wanted to check out and see what is it that people like about that film so much. Though I can say that I was disappointed for that one. Right off the bat, because I found out that it has nothing to do with being underwater. And you may say, oh, right, you're kind of dumb for thinking that it would take place underwater. No. Jason went to space. Leprechaun went to the hood twice. And Freddy went into the real world, like real life. So I thought, hey, no one's been underwater. Maybe Michael Myers went underwater. No. There was a lack of water in that film. and Which kind of makes sense, because I guess they couldn't have all the candles. Alright, then I watched the remake to see what's good in the remake. And if you're going to watch the remake, the Rob Zombie 2007, just be careful if you watch the director's cut. There's just a really unnecessary rape scene in, in it. Uh, I would recommend just watching the theatrical cut of it. And then the I watched, from Caitlin's recommendation, I watched Halloween Curse of Michael Myers, which has the whole Cult of Thorn in it. And, of course, I watched Halloween Kills, which I had not seen before. And I watched Halloween a couple years ago, the 2018. So I didn't see a reason to watch that one again. So I didn't watch all the films, but I got I got a good feeling of what works and doesn't work in this franchise. Yeah, I, I recommended The Curse of Michael Myers because it's just so left field and it's just so different than what other films have done as far as plot and motivations go. So that's why I recommended that one. Yeah, that's, uh, God, that film. (laughs) Anyway, I didn't recommend it because it's a great film. (laughs) And I never got sick of the the theme song. I got sick of a lot of of things, but the theme song never. It's it's a great theme song, and they know it because I feel like in all the opening credits, they make it known, theme by John Carpenter. Mm -hmm. he, He gets his money every time. And one thing, too, is that John Carpenter did return to this new trilogy to work on their score as well. So that's a good part of this film trilogy, I believe. It really is. It's an iconic song, and it's it's eerie. It's eerie, and it gets updated for each film in a way, but I think that it, it that bass, that just eerie bass, just a simple piano music, it just goes so far in in creating the atmosphere for the film. Now we talked about Michael Myers a little bit, how he really is uh, a blank slate for evil. He's a personification of evil. 
But I think that different films in this franchise have kind of shifted on what Michael's motivations are. And in the first Halloween, the original Halloween, you know, he set up as the boogeyman. He set up as the boogeyman and he happens to see Laurie Strode, this girl who he sees around his house, and he decides to, to target her and her friends. And something that I think that the original plays off of is that, you know, it could have been anyone. It could have been anyone in the wrong place at the wrong time that Michael decides to make his victim and his target. Halloween 2, this changes. Now Laurie's a sister, and it becomes a family-motivated story, and, and that kind of sticks on for some of the sequels until you get Curse of Halloween, Witch of Cult. You have the remake series from Mom Zombie that kind of makes his motivation more of family trauma. And Halloween Kills, you see it's more about the town itself and his home. And Lori really wasn't ever the focus. So there's always this whole different change of motivations for Michael. Is there something in particular that works for you about how you would prefer to see Michael's motivations? Or a particular movie in this franchise that you think works well with his motivations? With the this being the pioneer of slasher film, something that separated this from Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that, yeah, it could have been anyone in this situation. This is where the the evil finds you. Yeah, every time I'm gonna say that word, I'm gonna go Dr. Loomis on it. Yeah, it could've it could have been it could have been anyone. It's not like anyone just kinda came about and they walked in the house and Michael Myers just happened to be there. No, it's like, hey, there were just some teenagers that were that were just hanging out. And I like that he doesn't have any motivation. It really fits the the boogeyman vibe that they give him. But I also like that following the future films, I like the idea just that he's now got a rivalry with Laurie Strode because that makes that makes more sense than anything else in these films. I know in Halloween 2, they go really out of their way to give him his motivation being that he's going back to kill his sister, which the way they put it into that, that plot, there's so many, there's so many holes within. There's so many, there's so many things that they just go out of their way to fit that in. So I was not, I was not a fan of that at all. That could have probably been cool. I think it works a little bit better in Halloween the Rob Zombie remake that he's going back for his sister, though uh, it doesn't really explain like what, why he's going back for her, but at least they show in the beginning that there's some connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes a little bit more in depth in the Halloween to zombie remake as well. For me personally, I love the family saga of Halloween. It's part of the reasons I love the franchise so much, just because there's sort of this gothic element to it. Uh, part of gothics in general is this idea of an ancestral curse. I think that they go overboard with it in The Curse of Michael Myers, of course. But as a gothic in literature, there's kind of this idea that tragedy and, and trauma is something that it can be cursed and brought in within a family lineage. And I think that in this franchise is so interesting to me, this idea of, of trauma and... Uh, like generational trauma in a way when you kind of go at its essence i just really enjoyed that and i think that the franchise too plays with gothicism in other ways as well with the candles i know you hate the candles but sometimes they do just create this moody atmosphere 
I mean, it's in the dark of night. It's Halloween. There's just sort of darkness and gothic feel to it. And it's also emphasized just the fact that we have these strong female leads. You know, there's always in gothic literature, there's always the the girl stuck in a castle or some other kind of environment and she's kind of a, escaping this more sinister male character and so I think that those elements in this franchise are really what what keep me intrigued with it I I, I personally just really love the family saga I should have known your reason for loving this franchise was some literature nerd reason <laughs> so that, no, that totally mean- makes sense yeah, and I mean, I told you before about a lot of my favorites. You mean, you look at Wuthering Heights, you look at my favorite anime, which is Fate Zero. Like, they always have this sort of familial uh, kind of tragedy trauma that gets passed on. That's a large part of those stories. And, and so seeing that Fruits Baskets, as well as another favorite anime of mine, they always contain that kind of element in it. So it's a theme that, for me, just personally, I just, I, I'm drawn to. And I think that Halloween has that, at least in the original sequel timeline and the Rob Zombie as well. They have that kind of air to it, that kind of element, that kind of gothic feel. I can see that. I just don't think it's portrayed well. No, and I agree with that. Oh, I definitely agree with that. I don't think that it's portrayed very well. I mean, Jamie Lloyd for me is one of my favorite characters in the franchise, and I like her more in theory than in actual execution because they do her really dirty in the franchise on multiple fronts but i the idea of her and what it does and things that you can take out of the franchise even when it's a bad movie in that regard i just really enjoy what i don't enjoy is the whole idea of the town being the victim the kind of town mob and reaction to Michael. I think we see that in Halloween Kills and we also saw that in Halloween 4. That kind of thing I didn't like. I think Halloween Kills especially almost did this sort of it, the kind of dairy main kind of as a villain route that I wasn't a fan of. So as far as that motivation, like that it's him against the town, I don't really like. (laughs) Yeah, I... Oh, that's a large portion of my review for this recent film and the trilogy. So I, I, I'm I'm saving that. But I okay. agree with you. I totally agree with you. I'm so glad you saw the relation to it in this as well. Mm-hmm. And this most recent movie, there are some serious like, oh, this was heavily inspired by or like they're trying to recreate that. Like they, yeah. they wrote this during the time of it. Yeah, you can definitely see influences there. In general, I do like the idea of Michael as the shape of evil, the idea that he is evil personified. Sometimes you just get these like completely amazing lines from Dr. Loomis. A lot of times for this theme, it's a lot of tell instead of show, and Dr. Loomis is a big part of that, but his lines are just always so epic. I absolutely love him. I know there was one line in Halloween 5, it was like, I had prayed that he had burned in hell, but I knew that hell wouldn't have him. And it's just all these lines that come out of it from Dr. Loomis were were just great. Dr. Loomis, I think, works in this film, but it's it's so ridiculous. Like, it's somehow, he, he starts out great, and then he gets too ridiculous 
to where it's like, all right, now this is an issue. But then he keeps going and somehow it circles back around. It does. And he's great again. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah, like, it okay, does. I'm on I'm on board. And yeah, Dr. Loomis, like he just romanticizes everything about Michael. He can't give you a straight answer about <laughs> anything. And then that goes to uh Donald's performance as well. But it's just hilarious because he can never give a straight answer. You ask him, like, all right, hey, where's Michael Myers right now? He'll say something like, he's been with us since birth, for he is death, and he is looming behind us in every second since that time. No, I mean, like, where is he physically? Oh, right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Loomis for you. Even though his, uh, I-, I do like, I think that hiring McDowell was a, was a great casting choice. And he, he has some lines as well, though he has probably the worst, one of the worst lines in the franchise, the only one that I bother recording, which is the one that I sent you, which is, your job was, oh, hold up, let me pull it out so I can get a direct quote. Keep the monkey house locked up till the monkey dies of old age. <laughs> what? That's, yeah, that's dumb. But it's, it's, on, it's on spot for Dr. Loomis. I, I did not like McDowell's Loomis at all, especially in Halloween 2. He takes it a very different direction, and I just wasn't really a fan of it. But I, I do like the original Donald Pleasance. Um, but speaking of main characters, what do you think of Laurie Strode? I I think Laurie Strode, again, it's, uh, it's a basic, I, I think she's the pioneer final girl uh, for a lot of things. But to me, again, it's just what this this movie is like the the basic, like it's, it's just the basics, which is, is the best of the basics. It's that that slate, you know, that everything's been built upon. But she doesn't interest me. Uh, I I I know that this is a bit controversial, at least between you and I. We we talked about this before, where I like the direction that Laurie Strode's character went in the 2018 uh, requel. I, I think that was I think that was well done. I think that made her an interesting character, and I could say with this new trilogy that I was far more interested with Laurie Stroh's character. Yeah, I think we are complete opposites in this regard. I like Laurie in the first two Halloween films, but every film that she's been in since then, including the H two O timeline and this new H forty, I just have not been a fan of her at all. And part of it, I think, is Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't think that she's the best actress, and the way she plays Laurie, I'm just not a fan of at all. I don't think she has the depth within her acting abilities to fully portray the trauma of Laurie Strode in those subsequent films. And I think that holds me back a lot. Wait, you liked her in, was was she in, in Halloween too? I yes. don't, you yeah. sure? Oh, was she that, was she that girl in the hospital bed the whole time? And she crawled around <laughs> for a couple scenes. Was that her? Were <laughs> you talking about that one? liked her in Halloween too I think that she had some guts to her and like in the car and she's running and like I mean she doesn't do a lot let's be honest she doesn't really do a lot in Halloween too she doesn't really even do too much in the first Halloween but it, it works for her character I think the problem happened is you started giving more depth to her character and Jamie Lee Curtis did not have the talent <laughs> to really uh, portray that well the yeah, I, I think she does. I'm not going to say like this is a standout horror performance. I think she does well enough for for what's given. I think also it's just a lot of uh, 
a lot of the writing doesn't do doesn't help out at all with her performance Mm. yeah and that might be true i just feel like her character in the age 40 timeline is just so over the top to me i think i would have liked a little bit of a subtler performance and her decisions that she makes i'm not a fan of and she just doesn't seem like the same character i honestly i I understand that trauma changes you but i feel like there's no sliver left of the girl that was in the original halloween in the age 40 timeline at all (laughs) and i get that's the point they were trying to make but i feel like there needed to be something so we talked a little bit about the town's involvement already and the idea of the mob and, and that's something that this new trilogy really emphasizes and we said that this reminds us a lot of it was there anything that you liked about that at all about the messaging that the director was trying to give just like what you said with the with the gothic aspect i like the idea execution is poor and i i think it also i think it kind of falls apart with the town being infected is when you remember that not as many events took place between the H40 timeline and the original Halloween. Like mm-hmm. when we think about it, yeah, if all of the if everything that happened in that franchise did happen, I would believe that the town getting infected a little bit more. But you just have the original, which yeah, granted, like I guess this is a small town. I don't know. Sometimes this feels like a small town, and then it feels like a city, like a metropolitan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that like. Okay, there there was a couple murders back in the 1970s, and he returns and he murders a couple people. Not again, not really too many. Like this is just kind of a normal serial killer. Like I I don't see anything at this point that makes the town go like, yes, this is this is the shape of evil. Mm-hmm. I think my issue for Halloween Kills too is that they brought back too many legacy characters, and it just was so unbelievable that all these characters still live in the same town. <laughs> Yeah, that's something that Scream, I mean, even in Scream, Sydney, she she moved away, but she gets called back. But yeah, they they bring back everybody, which is, I think, was this the first, was this like the influential legacy sequel in, the, in for horrors? What do I mean? The, the 2018, like the, because we have a lot of legacy horrors and they're, that's their big thing now is to bring back the legacy characters in some fashion. And I forget this is what kind of started that trend. Uh, it might have been. I'm trying to remember it, but it probably, honestly. Though even the first one, really the only legacy character they were bringing back was Laurie Strode. Well, and one other by name, uh, good old Lonnie. This, this trilogy was obsessed with Lonnie. I was wrote on the Twitter, I was like, I feel like Lonnie should have been the main character of this trilogy. Because you got Lonnie, uh, Lindsay Wallace returns... Tommy Doyle returns and Marion Chamber returns in Halloween ends and I think I made a note I was like why is Marion Chambers who played Loomis's nurse in the original film why is she even hanging out with these people like she don't know these kids <laughs> like why is she even here like it's just it was just too much <laughs> oh yeah I didn't think about that yeah she's gonna be like 30 years older than them but that's the thing like this town is portrayed sometimes like it only has one or two bars because people run into each other at these bars that's something Mm -hmm. that happens in the in halloween ends there's 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 a bar meetup and it's like what are the odds of this 
But then again, like it's like Scream. I don't understand if the the town, I forget the name of the town, Woodsbury. I don't know if it's like a big town or if it's a small suburbs. Yeah, it it doesn't play that up very well. And even the look of the houses changes throughout the franchise. You know, the infamous Myers house is a pretty simple house, but sometimes they do kind of Hollywood it up a little bit. I know in Halloween 5, it was definitely a more ornate house. Yeah, then in the in the new one, it's kind of played up to like they flipped it almost. Like it's mm-hmm. totally renovated. But then, yeah, like the... I don't know. I mean, we we're from Maryland. Like the the types of houses range like, within neighboring cities. Like you can go past the projects and then go into quarter million dollar up houses within an instant. But in in here, yeah, there were like some houses that had three stories and were huge, and then other parts were kind of ran down. I just I never really had a idea what this place was actually like. Yeah, none of the films really spend enough time on really developing Haddonfield as a town. So it kind of seemed a little over the top in Halloween Kills. It didn't seem like it was something that was earned. Yeah, then when all the townspeople show up, I'm just, so all of you guys were affected? Again, Mm -hmm. if this was a small town, I got it. But all of you guys were affected from these six killings? Yeah, and I guess by, by, by Halloween ends, yeah, there are a lot more. Granted, but after Halloween and Halloween 2018, there's not that many. I don't understand why the whole town is is up in a rally again, unless it was a actual small town. Yeah, I agree. And in the original, not the original, in Halloween four, it has a little bit more of a small town feel to how they go about this. I, I didn't like it, but it was like kind of just like this kind of town militia of rough guys at a dive bar that. Or like, all right, we're going to go after Michael now. So it kind of did have a little bit more of a small town feel. Yeah, I think this would have been cooler if it was set during the usual time periods of gothics, like you said. You know, you got a, you have a village and a couple people, you know, they're like, all right, let's go kill Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else do you think works in this franchise or doesn't work in this franchise? Doesn't work? Uh, I have some things where it doesn't work. I got some words. Works, I don't have anything left. I mean, but I mean, there's some good things there. Uh, doesn't work. Uh, hmm, where do I want to start? There's just two big ones. <laughs> Let's first start with Michael Myers. The the man, the myth, the legend. I mentioned that his horror powers don't interest me. I think his horror powers are a bit stale. Especially when compared again to a lot of the other slashers. Everybody has, like, with the horror powers, you have Freddy. He controls dreams. Jason, Jason is creative. He like, yeah, he's got his machete, but he's not afraid to get different tools and find out ways to kill individuals. Uh, Terminator is a robot. Uh, Leatherface is a unhinged, mentally uh, incapable person, incapable of like of thought. Like he's just a he's just an unhinged brute. And then Michael Myers, his horror power is showing up behind people most of this franchise is him just coming up behind people so it also it kind of takes away the suspense for me because i know wherever the character is looking there's nothing going to be there like i already know the fake outs 
Granted, some movies do it a little bit better than others. I think H2O was the absolute worst because they, for the first two acts of their film, Michael isn't isn't really there. You know, we get the presence of him like looming in the shadows, as as we know, but they don't even show that. So what they rely on are just a crap ton of jump scares. So many jump scares that by the time that Michael shows up, we're already we're already out of breath on it. So I think with with Michael Myers, it doesn't. I don't know, like, it's just, he shows up behind people with a, with a knife. Yeah, I'll give it to him. He likes to get his arts and crafts on when he has time. Uh, he's also a fantastic sprinter. I don't, I won't say that he teleports like Jason, but he sprints. And I want to see the footage in which he sprints. Because there are some parts, Halloween, okay, think about this one. Best example, Halloween kills. He knocks on the back door. And then within two seconds, he knocks on the front door. So you oh. know that he not had on to... camera though he never yeah no no on camera. no you never okay. seen him I was like what <laughs> okay which is why I want to see it I want to see yeah. him like hop the rail run all the way over and then quickly knock on that door gotcha. and then run back I'll give yeah, it he's, Mike... he, he's kind of a stealth master as well I don't think that's played up too well I think H two O kind of was because there was a part where like he was hanging in the rafters. <laughs> forgot about that scene yeah i mean michael's powers in general and how he operates definitely varies per film of course i think what you're talking about i think it worked really well for the initial halloween because he really was the creature that lurks in the shadows and that's what they really wanted to show yes um but it does it does get a little bit old as the franchise goes on and then i feel like there's just never much consistency after that for what he does and some i know one of my issues with halloween 4 was that he his like super strength is really front and center there's a scene where he kills someone with just pushing his thumb in someone's head and another one he like impales a girl on a shotgun and it was just like not inventive kills when i i want to see a michael myers kill going forward past the original i i kind of want to see more inventive kills rather than just brute force yes i I will give it um so going back kind of what works i think rob zombie uh, i think there's some issues there's a lot of issues with that film i was about to say some issues no there's a lot of issues with that film but that's probably my favorite portrayal of michael as far as appearance like that Mm. dude is huge yeah and they do a great job of like setting it up to scale. Though sometimes people don't realize how huge he is. And there's a guard that's like a quarter of his size messing with him for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Do like that. Because that, that makes a little bit more sense. Because there's other times that, I don't know, I just look at Michael Myers. I'm like, this is just a dude in a mask. I think the H40 timeline, the one we're, we're currently watching, has a... Has a good Michael Myers as well. I think the look and like kind of believing that he has a like an inhumane strength to him. I can kind of get on board with that. What I can never get on board with though is that he keeps coming back alive. Like he stays alive. It's not that he comes back. And I get it. He can take it a, a mass amount of damage. But it gets to the point where the writers have to go out of their way to keep this individual alive, and it never works. Like they they jump through some hoops. To make sure that this man stays alive, and it was probably, that was my like worst the worst thing about the 2018 movie because obviously Michael Myers lived. We have two movies following it, 
the way that they keep him alive at the end makes no sense. It takes out like everything that we learn about Lori for the beginning of that film and how hardcore she is. She does some of the dumbest things. She does like you meet her and she seems like she's an expert with guns, guns, but she does amateur things at the end of mm-hmm. the movie to ensure that Michael lives. Yeah, I agree. And, and I mean, for me, I don't really care about that so much because it's just something I've come to expect and it doesn't really negatively affect the movie for me. He's just always going to live. And I think even with the H2O movie, like there was a contract that they said they could not kill off Michael Myers and they go through some hoops there to keep him alive. So it, it's just something that it's like, okay, I know you want to keep this franchise going. So I, I kind of get it. H2O, they definitely kill him, but they don't jump through the hoops until, what is it called? Halloween Resurrection or Resurrection. Halloween? Resurrection. Yeah. I know they go through some hoops to, to the, the, what, what they, I've heard about what happens in that movie and it makes no sense. It like, there was no point in time that that could have happened. Yeah, it it wasn't great how they portrayed that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to, I mean, I think there's, I believe that there are better ways that it could be written to where he could still be alive. So I'm not going to give him a pass on keeping him alive through dumb means when you could have written better ways. The H2O one was, was bad. And honestly, Halloween Kills, I think it's brushed over fast enough that it it really wasn't enough of a convoluted story for me to really dwell on this uh 2018 and then halloween kills the way that he stays alive both both of those probably aggravated me the most out of this entire series yeah no i i don't think it it didn't dwell on it so it kind of mentioned it moved past it and it was done and that's what i prefer i like in this trilogy the they added a bit of I don't want to say mythos, but an extra element to it that is this idea that the more he kills, the stronger he gets. And I, I kind of did like that. I think that added enough of an explanation for me to be okay with it. I think a problem in the Halloween Kills and then going to Halloween Ends and something that actually is throughout this franchise is a major problem with slashers that I really hate. It's actually something in just in writing in general I really hate, which is unlikable characters. I hate unlikable characters just being written to be unlikable so that we can watch them die later on it's just okay so i have to sit here for two hours or even 30 minutes and and deal with this individual just so you want me to cheer for him when he dies mm-hmm. or sh- or she and it's not even like there there's there's no complexity to it it's just it's just one side of the spectrum you have one character is just it's just one of the most awful people ever and I kind of get that. Like when we're looking at horror and the way that horror attempts to appeal to the audience during this time period, the 70s, 80s, and 90s when the slashers were big, when we got all these sequels, it, it really shows that the studio was going for kills. They were going for the teenagers sneaking in the theaters and they were cheering for those kills. So that's why they made these characters unlikable. It's like, hey, we don't want the audience to feel conflicted at all. We want this emotion this is the best way we can get this emotion. This is how we get cheers in the theater. I'm talking about this franchise, I don't want to talk about horror in general. I can kind of go into that. But I, I think that's just a huge issue with this. But yet, it's something that continues within this H40 timeline. And it's very bothersome. It's what kind of takes me out of the whole town 
mob mentality that they have going on about the town becoming infected because I don't care about this town because everybody I met sucks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, unlikable characters are good when they're well-written, but that's not what you get in slasher movies. I think uh, the 2018 one actually did a good job. And even kills, there were certain characters that did get killed off, but I actually were kind of sad that they did. In 2018, it was the babysitter. She's babysitting the young kid. I thought that she was, you know, seemed like a nice girl. She seemed to have a good relationship with this child, and and she seemed kind of cool. And then, so I was kind of sad when she got killed off. And in Halloween Kills, you have Sandra. Sandra is showed and her husband, and they just kind of have this, like, fun relationship with each other, and they're kind of snarky, and, and I like them. And the way that she went out was kind of brutal. I was like, this is very brutal. It's kind of mean. <laughs> so I kind of understand why they want to make unlikable characters because of that one, because that kill just felt mean. But But I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, it, it actually gets progressively worse. Because I think, yeah, 2018 was all right. I think 2018 wasn't so bad. And then Kills was 50-50. And then we'll talk about ends. And I was thinking, too, I was like, man, do I not like slashers? While I was watching this franchise, I was wondering, do I not like slashers? Because mm. I was like, this is, th- these are the tropes and everything. But then I thought, oh, wait, no. There's good slashers that have, they have likable characters that die. I think Fear Street was excellent in that regard. The first one, man, there were some there were some kills that were hard to watch, but they still get a reaction out of you. Yeah, it's not a cheer, but it's still it's actually a mix of emotion. It's it's better. It's, it's complex and I like that. Uh your next I think is a, a another great slasher where I like the characters and it has a bit of comedy to it. Scream has a good set of characters to it. So it's no it's I don't it's know just, what I'd call your next is your next a slasher or is it a home invasion? It's a bit of both. It's a it's a one location <laughs> slasher. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more yeah, that's more of a home invasion. I mean, yeah, there were some individuals that were unlikable there. But at least they didn't go in the far route. Like this is an unlikable family in your next. So so I'll say in that example, mm-hmm. they have unlikable characters, but it doesn't go to the point that every person is it's not like one of them is a complete woman beater, the other one is a is a cannibal basically is, is they're not going to that far right or left okay they're just like okay you people you people suck yeah, but, the other one i'm thinking of that's like oh that kind of sucks was the the runner girl the little sister runner <laughs> i was like oh, oh. <laughs> yeah and that's such a great scene too <laughs> it's, it's so great for me i think my biggest frustration with this franchise, a lot of times it's actually because of the fans. And maybe I'll get some flack for this, I don't know, but I, I this franchise, it's a long franchise. Like I said, we have 15 films now. And every now and then you do get directors and filmmakers who want to take a different direction with the series. We saw that with uh, Halloween 3 with the trying to do an anthology series. We saw that with Halloween 4, the ending of that film. They wanted to do something a little different. Uh, we saw that with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And every time that they try to do a different direction, you get so much hate from the fans. The fans do not want a new direction. They want the same old Michael Myers. And I get so frustrated with the franchise for placating that 
because every time they try to go into a direction that's something new, that's something fresh, they backtrack. They backtrack immediately or they just reboot the franchise and it just gives the same thing that we had from the beginning. The same old basic slasher movie. And that's, I think, is one of my biggest frustrations with the franchise. Yeah, I think we just in general need to stop appealing to fans. So I feel like the fans are never happy. When fans are like that, when they're like, oh man, I don't want something new. I mean, are they really showing up in droves to see the same thing? I mean, I, I complain about the Star Wars fandom. I That's a fandom that I have a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. issues with. And yeah, the biggest thing holding Star Wars back are the fans. Or the fact that the studio thinks that they know. That's another issue. It's not always so much the fans. That it is the studios not wanting to take the chance and wanting to appeal to what they think the fandom is. Yeah. They hold their punches sometimes. And uh, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about this new one. Yeah, the, the studio says, oh man, that's a great idea. I like it. I like it. I like Hey, all right. Hey, remember. Remember what this is. Got to go ahead. You got to put this in somewhere. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we have to continue with this right here. You can't steer away from that. And you can you find some disjointed uh, plots in, in, in these movies. So we talked about what works and doesn't work in the franchise. But let's go ahead and get into Halloween Ends and our opinion on this film in particular. Brian, what did you think about Halloween Ends? And do you think it's really going to end? <laughs> oh, I think, I think it finally ends. Are they... Like, are they not going to reboot it in another 20 years for the H60 timeline? I, I don't know about all that, but it, it you know, this this really does. It, it seems like it has an end. It feels, this feels more like a trilogy conclusion than Jurassic World Dominion did. This really actually felt like a, a full story with a beginning, middle, and end, as the title suggests. Uh... This movie we kind of talked about is going to be divisive for some. Michael Myers isn't in it a whole lot. Uh, it, it follows another individual. And, and that's kind of like the the big thing to talk about in this film. And I like that aspect. I like that it didn't focus so much on him and kind of went into the infection that evil has. But once again, it's one of those, I like the idea. I think this has poor ex- execution. I think this is the probably the worst written one out of the trilogy. I think this has the worst character writing in, in all of the films. And I think that this movie, while it had a good idea that it was going with not having Michael, it once that finishes and they have to, you know, bring this all back around, it's jarring. I, I think I think honestly this would have made a better second film. Like, if you switch the place of this and kills and then write them better, you would have had a better movie. But I, this, God, man, the writing just brings this movie down a lot for me. I, I didn't care for this film. Yeah, I think this is, like you said, it's a divisive film. And it sounds like it's going to be a divisive podcast because I, I love this film. I don't think that this is a fitting end to this trilogy, but I think it was a fitting end to the franchise as a whole because I feel like there's themes that this film addresses that have been building in the franchise for so long that they're finally finally going into i don't think this is a perfect film i do think there are some writing issues and there's things that of course like you said there are times where they do do hold their punches they do still kind of have more of the same Uh, as i said i'm not a big laurie strode fan i think that she kind of brought the film down a little bit but there's 
things in this film, like I said, overall, it tries something different and it tries to be a character story. And I think it does it very well. And so I just, I, I really enjoyed this film. I feel like this is going to be another Last Jedi moment for me in which I'm on the side of not liking this movie. However, I don't have the same reasons not to like this film. Like the reason that I, li- I like this film or the, probably the same reason that you liked it. But I think that so much more just brings this movie down. I this movie was so frustrating to watch. And this movie, it, it tries to tie up with like this town coming together. I hate all of you guys. Because all I've been exposed to throughout this film are just some of the most awful people. To the point that I'm not I'm not even rooting for Michael, which I feel like they were kind of making you root for. Again, it's one of those, we're rooting for the antagonist to kill the unlikable characters. I'm not rooting for that either. Actually, honestly, I'm just rooting for the credits at, at this point. Or for, for some things to, to capitalize on what works in this film. I think Laurie Strode does probably have the... The best arc in this film, Ugh, which is, I think is the worst. <laughs> I think. Well, oh wait, no, no, my, my bad. Not the best arc. No, because God, think like it, it's confusing. I think she has like probably the best, like as far as writing goes, the best arc. But I don't think she has the best arc. I think the the new character has the best arc. But I think there's so much bad rounding uh, writing surrounding his character that it brings it down so much. There's so much I like about this film as an idea, and it just gets brought down by the writing. Yeah, I disagree. I mean, I do think there are moments that has bad writing. I will agree with that, but I don't think it was as detrimental as the film is what you and I've seen some other people say. And as far as the unlikable characters, I think that while that is an issue, I do think they still try to put characters in that you do feel for. Uh, there is one character in this film that works at a auto shop that is generally a nice person. I don't think he makes good decisions or that he's something that I am going to go out of my way to root for, but he was a decent person and it portrays him as a decent person. You kind of do feel bad for him. Again, is I think it's some standard writing. You have all of these characters, all of these bullies, but then you got the one person that looks out for them. You get the one. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the best example for it. there. There is like a a famous character out there that they're the one person looking out for them and within all these bullies. This film goes pretty Stephen King esque with its characterization, and and surprise, surprise, Stephen King did enjoy this film. I saw his Twitter account the other day. He did praise this film and for its character work. And I, I gotta say, I'm on his side. I feel like the characters do bother me at times, but it wasn't detrimental for this film for me. I I can see why Stephen King liked this, and this is more it esque than Stephen King esque, like. There is a bully beat down bridge scene. There is a some some sewer play. <laughs> there is, there's a lot of people getting their comeuppance, and there's balloons. This is and, and also again we we talked about the dairy. So it the, the dairy you know the big thing about dairy is that dairy is kind of infected by Pennywise. Pennywise brings the evil out, and we're supposed to believe that the town is having their evil pulled out. By Michael Myers. Which I didn't it, get that from this film. They definitely portrayed it in the last one. I thought it bled over into this one. They, they definitely portrayed it in kills. I think that this film went in a little bit different direction. And that 
evil is just always there. I don't think it really was Michael bringing it out. It's just there's always something there. It's just how life is. No, 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 because in the beginning of this movie, they set it up and saying that, hey, ever since with Michael Myers, they there's a montage of bad incidents that happen in Haddonfield. Yeah, I, I think they use, I think the town uses it as an excuse in this film, but I don't think that Michael actually brought anything out of this film. Oh, I think yeah, this that, is an evil that's already just present. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing some projection. They're doing a little bit of project, projection because, again, Michael Myers is still a human, so you really can't say there's that supernatural play in there. Uh, so they're, they're definitely using him as a scapegoat just to be crappy people. But, again, that's the thing. Like, I don't – man, I just, I just did not care for a, a lot of these characters except for the one that we were really watching. But it was just going – they were trying so hard for us to make us sympathize with this character – that it became unrealistic. I don't think so. And, I mean, we'll go for that in spoilers a little bit, but I don't think that any of that made me sympathize with the character more. Well, I, I have some I have some questions. I, I can go a little bit more in depth, but it'll be, it'll be for spoilers. Yeah, and this, this film is so hard to talk without going into spoilers. It really is, because it, it, this film takes such a different direction, uh, from the very early onset of this film, that it is hard to talk without spoilers. What did you think about other elements of the film, of the filmmaking itself? I know for me in particular, the thing that stood out, of course, was the the music. You know, the soundtrack and the score, of course, we have John Carpenter coming again, but it added such a new quality to this film that I don't think has been present since the original, probably, is that the score really added a lot. It wasn't just you were adding the score for ambiance. It was part of the film. It was part of the mood and the atmosphere of the film. Oh, like I said, that's what works in this franchise, and it will always work, especially with John Carpenter returning. The music, yeah, the music is great. I would say that when it sets up eerie scenes, it really sets them up well. And the soundtrack? Yeah, yeah, with with the soundtrack as well. I liked it. Yeah, the soundtrack definitely harken back to a little bit more of those retro vibes and i did appreciate that so what else about the filmmaking did you like or not like i like how they're at least direction wise again there seems to be some competency here it just it looks the, the film looks good it looks it looks nice and clean uh there seems to be like like just the the setting presence is is done well I think you, I think still with the setting, I'm still a little unsure if this is a small town or a city, but overall, I think like direction wise, this film looks good. Yeah. Uh, David Gordon Green, I believe is the director's name. He's been here throughout this whole trilogy and he was another instance of a comedy director moving into horror because he did like Pineapple Express previously and Your Highness, those kind of movies. Oh, so oh, so he's worked with Danny McBride before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that there's some interesting shots. There's some moments where the editing isn't the best. <laughs> I know I saw a tweet where there's a moment because of the editing that looks like Michael's riding on the back of a motorcycle, <laughs> and people got a kick out of that. And so there are a little bit of editing issues, but I think that overall it looked it looked good. I think that the lighting was was pretty decent. Me and Devin were cracking up. We both looked at each other, <laughs> and we we thought we were like, "Was that? No, it's not." But how hilarious 
would that have been if that was Michael on the back of the motorcycle? That and would have been fantastic. <laughs> I would have. I would have given this movie more points. I know you haven't seen <laughs> RRR, but there's like there is a huge bromance montage, and we were both thinking the same thing. Like, what if they just went that direction with Michael Myers? <laughs> I would have loved that. <laughs> So what about the kills themselves? I mean, we talked about how it kind of varies per per movie. And in this particular franchise, there is a little bit more gore than there was previously. I mean, the original Halloween had no blood at all. That wasn't something that they wanted to focus on. But what do you think about how the kills are handled in this film without going into too much spoiler details? This one's definitely more gory. I... I don't know, nothing no, Nothing really stood out for me. Again, they do the knife in the wall pin, and I'm so tired of that. I'm so, I'm, so tired I like of that. it. <laughs> I hate it. It was cool the first time, but again, it's one of those, like, can we just move away from it? Like, can we, can we get a little creative here? I don't think there was anything too creative with the kills. Uh, except for the beginning. The beginning has a moment of gore and yes. terror that I think was very effective. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it was super memorable. And I, I kind of think that is a reason for that that we'll go into a little bit later. Um, I like the knife to the wall pin. I don't think it works all the time, but it worked for me for this particular film. And, but yeah, I agree. I think that the previous film in this trilogy actually had a little bit more creative kills. Like I said, there's a character named Sandra that gets up. LED light to the neck and that was brutal and but it was something a little bit different like I said when he has time he gets a bit creative yeah although there is one kill in this that involving a tongue that was a little crazy <laughs> that's the one I was talking about that has that was a bit that was, that was a good amount of gore yeah and they, they go was. on they, they were a bit creative with it they were they were this, this is not a great film this is not a film I I care for and I mean, I, I don't feel like I was let down for this being a conclusion because I think that uh, I don't want to keep saying poor writing, but I think the, the writing throughout these trilogies, they're on the same level. I think this has just been on the level of kind of steadily degrading. I mean, I, I disagree. I think this was by far the best film in the trilogy, at least. And I, I think I can understand your complaints, but for me... It, it, it's a little nitpicky when I'm viewing it the way I view it. That kind of what you're saying, I understand. But for me, that would be a little bit nitpicky because I don't think that those things are are major points in this film. The, when I just have very little to care for as I'm proceeding through this movie, it's like I'm watching this movie for moments, and I don't want to watch a movie for two hours just for some moments here and there. I have nothing ah. to attach to. I know yeah, that's see, different for I you, but I got none yeah, of that. Yeah, that's not for me, because I feel like you can have a lot of enjoyment off of some very good sequences. Uh, for example, my favorite superhero movie is X2. And from face value, no, it's not a very good movie. The plot's kind of not very good. There's a lot of silliness in it. But there are some phenomenal sequences in that film between the Nightcrawler scene, the Magneto scene. They're just great sequences. And so that boosts my enjoyment of the film. And so it makes those parts that aren't as good seem really small to me. Because as a whole, when you have these great moments and it makes you feel something, that overrides that. Now, see, I'm, I'm cool with that. Because you know, I'll, I'll bring up a movie that we've been uh, 
that you, that you hate me for uh, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh <laughs> it's it's a it's a poorly written film. But the thing is that yeah, I got those moments of sequences that I think were fantastic. I had a lot of fun with. But at least during the times that I I wasn't in those moments, I wasn't hating it. I wasn't hating characters. I wasn't rolling my eyes. I wasn't just bored and checking out. I think this moment, this movie has some has some great moments. But the thing is that there is like there's like a baseline. There's a baseline, and I think some movies they keep going to the baseline, and then they raise up and they come back down and they hit that baseline. And they keep cruising. But other movies, you know, we talk about the the monster uh, monsterverse. You know. Godzilla, King of Monsters, there were some great moments, but then it comes down, but it goes past that baseline for me, and it keeps going down, and it ruins the film. Yeah, I just see it differently. Because, I mean, I, I don't agree with your little graph there that you're doing, <laughs> but the the bad moments, I can look past. And maybe it's just because I've watched all 15 of these films, and they're all kind of like that. <laughs> Let's be honest, most of these sequels are great moments hidden in bad movies. So it's kind of par for the course. And I think so too. And it's funny. I, while I was watching it, I was like, man, I got to write again. Like I got, I got to start writing. I finally got to, I got to get into it so I can finally make something because I keep saying that the writing is bad and that there's better ways to do this. And I'm seeing better ways to do this, but you know, not having any of my own published work. I do have one thing published, but it's not like widely published. Uh, what do you have published? I don't know. I published something on a website before back in uh in high school. So for creative writing, we had to publish something. I think it was like chick uh what was it chicken noodle soup for the soul? Oh, okay. Yeah, so technically I am a published author, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think <laughs> let me tell you a little thing about writing you may not know with your English <laughs> degree. Okay. You may be able to read, but writing it's a different aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh yeah, but but that's the issue too. Is that I see better ways to write this. To me, this seems basic, and I don't want to say lazy, but at the same time, I don't want to like I don't want to hit on it too hard because I know that somebody put in effort, and I know this was a passion project for some people. But I think that it's it, it's not done well. I could have some constructive criticism. So let's go ahead and get into the spoiler part of our discussion. Like I said, there are a lot of spoilers for this film. So if you haven't seen it, please give us a pause and then come back to us. Um, we will be discussing our overall opinions from a spoiler point of view. We'll also talk about if we feel like this was, movie was needed or wanted in this franchise, as, long, as well as our letter grade and where we rank this movie in with the other franchise films that we watched. So, Brian, do you feel that this movie was needed or welcomed in this franchise, both from the overall Halloween franchise and from a trilogy point of view? I think this was needed. I think that, of course, this was needed because it was a conclusion in trilogy, but I think the trilogy overall was needed. I think Halloween is a franchise that, while there is a lot, if you look at it just from the first one, more could be done. And so I think that, you know, it was about time that wait, we got something competent with this and something with uh, a grounded vision, a grounded, a grounded and structured vision with this film franchise. I, I 
agree with that regard. I think my issue with this particular trilogy is that it was always marketed as, you know, the conclusion to the Laurie Strode story. It's the continuation of the Laurie Strode story, and it's going to end Jamie Lee Curtis's role as Laurie Strode. And for me, as someone who was tired of Laurie Strode, I didn't really care about her future self and what she was going through. Like, I just wanted it to go in a new direction past that story. So I don't think I really needed another Laurie Strode saga. We had H2O. I mean, she she was in um, Halloween 2 as well. I think I had enough of her, to be honest. So I don't think that I was really felt that we needed more from that but I do agree that you know this is a franchise the last movie came out like I said 20 years ago or no I mean if it, not including the remakes the the last time we saw a real sequel continuation of this was 20 years ago at the start of the H2O timeline and so I think that yeah we needed something that was going to be a little bit more up to date past the, the late 80s early 90s kind of vibe to it <laughs> Not yeah, as far as, as as far as the Laurie Strode story, I don't I don't think that part was needed. I feel like also that was just kind of for the publicity. Like they oh, said definitely. that, and they 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 turned to Michael like, "Hey, don't 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 worry, it's about you. It's about you still. You know, she's the face and all." Yeah, and as far as this trilogy goes, I agree that Halloween Kills kind of ended not on a very conclusive note, so it is nice to get an actual conclusion, which is kind of the first we really had. If you look at the sequel timeline, it kind of just falls off the rails before there's a true conclusion. So seeing an actual conclusion is pretty nice. Yeah, that, that, that's, I, I do like that. I like that, hey, they're saying this is a conclusion because there's an issue with these movies just going on and on and on and on. Yeah. And as far as this is a conclusion to the franchise as a whole, all 15 films, I don't know if I believe that, but it is a nice conclusion to the trilogy. Now, we mentioned before that Michael Myers doesn't really play a large role in this film, and that's part of the reasons why this is probably a divisive film. Maybe not from me and Brian's perspective, but from fans overall. People like seeing Michael. They don't like when he's not around. But instead, we really get this new character who sort of... It takes up the mantle in a way. It's a troubled boy who accidentally kills a child he's babysitting in a stunning opening sequence for this film. What did you think about that opening? Oh, so that that opening has some of the the best terror in this in this movie, almost in this trilogy. Uh, that was that was that was quite the moment. I was wondering. I was like, at first I said, "Man, how many flashbacks are we going to be getting in this trilogy?" Though, mm-hmm. but the way it played out, I said, "Okay, that that one." is needed and that one's acceptable yeah it was quite a way to open the film and so we follow this guy who is you know dealing with the aftermath of accidentally killing a child and living in this town that's so wrought with trauma and he has trauma himself and along the way he stumbles across michael and he's kind of just living in the sewers or in this pipe in the middle of the (laughs) the park (laughs) and he decides to well he at the time he kind of absorbs this sort of evil something in him changes and he becomes the new villain of this movie so what did you think about Corey and his character and characterization i really like this idea to look at a different character and look kind of at the infection of the evil that michael myers gives to gives to others 
and the influence that he could have. I think it would have been better as a second film. Maybe that's me thinking about it from a video game aspect because this is something that has also been more controversial nowadays. So we had Last of Us Part 2 in which we got the character Abby and we separated a lot from from Ellie. The game was the game was split. And a lot of people did not like that at all. And uh in the Halo series that happened twice in which in the fifth one they went ahead and they split it and then that got some some backlash. But then Halo 2 is probably, is regarded as like the best Halo game out of it all and that one splits it from the main character Master Chief and then goes into the Arbiter and I think it opens up more to show a lot more in the world and the story but I think it will work better as the second film opening that up and then coming back and concluding it like tying it back together as the third film as the conclusion because I think when we get to the ending of this film when we finish Corey's arc I think they're like all right Michael Myers get in there go 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 Mm -hmm. and it's it doesn't it doesn't really have the same impact and that's why i think that in the last film when they're trying to say that the town is getting infected by by michael myers i think this would have been better to have in that film and have that portray and then the aftermath you know the mob mentality showing out in the conclusion i i, I think would have made a little bit more sense structure wise but I do. But overall, you know what we have. I do like Corey Cunningham. I do like that this that he was here, that he had focus. But again, I think the writing for his character was very poor because it was all about pushing him to the edge. I thought it got to the point that there was no complexity because everybody he met just kind of kept pushing him, except for the the one elder that looks out for him, and of course his one love interest who is the uh granddaughter strode allison allison yeah um yeah i didn't think about that while i was watching it about it being a better second film but i I do agree with you i think that i mean i think that halloween kills was just disappointing and it was just a uber escalation from what we had so i do think that would have been interesting to see those kind of switch and with some changes to kills of course so I, i definitely agree with you there Corey was a character that I I did enjoy, and I, I did feel some sympathy for him early on, but I don't think him killing his bullies or having these characters be unlikable around him didn't really make me feel more sympathetic to him, because at some point, he does switch. He does switch. He's not the same character in the middle of the film that he was in the beginning, and so it's kind of hard to, to reconcile the two together, and they make a point of that. I think that... As far as themes from the franchise, I do think I gave you a little bit of a disservice with the films that I recommended you watch. Because for me, I think that this takes what Halloween 4 and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 started. It took themes from those two films that I really, really enjoyed and finally went in that direction that they were hinting at in those films with having this kind of idea that evil spreads and it can't be contained and there's always going to be someone else taking on that role of the boogeyman and so i i really enjoyed that aspect of the film because it was something that i've been waiting for in this franchise and i finally got to see it take place so i think that's part of the reason why i just i really really liked it 
I, I wouldn't. You know, you're, you're beating yourself up too much. Yeah, you you constantly supply a disservice to me, but not 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 today. <laughs> not in not in this franchise. I mean, you couldn't have known that this is the direction that they were really good. Well, no, because you could have watched Kills earlier. But I think oh, I didn't. I had no idea. Even watching Kills, this was not the movie that I expected at all. Yeah. So I think I. But again, it falls on the movie because I think that they could have portrayed it better. I think they could have shown it a lot better within these films. And I, I agree. I was symp- sympathetic with Corey right from the beginning, right from the beginning. But, you know, as it went on, but then it got to that point where we're beating a dead horse. We're bullying dead horse at that point. I'm like, dude, I don't need to see him get pushed. We have four bully encounters, four encounters with these bullies just doing the same thing. And then he goes to a bar. And again, this is where I'm confused of what kind of town this is, because we go to the bar and, oh, guess who's at the party? It's the mother of the child. Uh, let's go ahead and beat him down some more. And that gets done. And then he starts walking. And then the bullies show up. And we got to push him again. How far are we going to keep pushing this character? Like, we already pushed him to that point. So now I'm just watching. You're just spinning your wheels. I'm just watching the same thing. And I have no interest in this. Especially because I can tell where this is going already. So how about instead of focusing on what you already achieved. And start throwing in some complexities. I disagree. I don't think that it... I think if we're going off of it's a small town, it doesn't really bother me as much. But I don't think... I think that's the film's failing on portraying Haddonfield and what it wants it to be. I mean, some of it was a little bit too much, but... Oh, that, 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 that's that, a nitpick. I'll, I'll say that's it, a nitpick. But it didn't me. make me feel more sympathetic towards Corey, because at some point I just wasn't sympathetic towards him, even when he was getting bullied. Th- that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. So we, you and I, we were already sympathetic. That's, a problem. that's what I'm saying, though, is that you, it wasn't a problem for you, but you agree that you didn't need to keep seeing it, right? Um, like, do you think the extra bullying was necessary? Do you think all four scenes of the bullying was necessary? Do you think it was necessary I, to have the doctor be a bad guy and the nurse to be a bad guy and for her mother, his mother to be a bad guy and like for the, the mother nurse, of the actually. child to be the bad guy? I don't think the nurse was a bad guy. <laughs> Well, no, she got the job because she was sleeping with the doctor. So she's she's doing something uh, negative. She, she Yeah, but I don't think that she was a bad person. I think actually I thought the nurse was interesting because I didn't think she was a bad person at all. And I thought that um, Allison's feelings towards the nurse was over the top. I think that this film started to go in direction where Allison related more with Corey than she realized in a negative way. And I wish it had played into that a little bit more. Yeah. We could have focused more times. The nurse, the nurse being negative made me see Allison more negatively than it made me see the nurse. Now the, the nurse, not a bad person, unlikable person, anybody that sleeps, anybody that does pro quote, uh, quote, pro quo in the workplace is an unlikable person. So Eh. yeah, Allison's frustration was a little bit over the, over the top. But at the same but time, Allison so was the doctor. Allison didn't know that either. Allison didn't know that's what was happening. I, I, no, she got a hint. There were some scenes they weren't they weren't portrayed well. I'll get it. I'll, I'll give it that. We saw that, but I don't know that there's enough to show that Allison saw that. There's a scene where Allison sees it. There, there's a particular scene where they go in the doctor's office and she gives a side eye and is like, "All right, we know that you know that this is what happens." Because first Deb apologizes. She's like, "Oh, you should have had it. You should have had it." Like, don't patronize me. I hope you get pinned to a wall by a knife, not by the doctor who's going to pin you to the wall. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's enough to show that Allison really had a full grasp of what was going on. I think that mostly she was just annoyed by this woman and jealous of this woman for getting this promotion, which I understand. But I feel like there was definitely this frustration brewing in Allison that it was really trying to enhance. I don't think it was much of a reflection on the nurse. With all these unlikable people, we get this ending where the town gets together and they take care of Michael, which I found pretty cool. I was like, man, everybody's agreeing to throw on this dude in the shredder. I was like, all right, that's, I can understand. It doesn't really make sense because they should be cool with chopping off the head, but we as an audience know that's not going to work because of H2O. So, I mean, you got to kind of look past that, but when the town gets together to destroy the evil uh, that Dr. Loomis, you know, had, had foreshadowed, I didn't care about this town because most of the characters that I met throughout this movie and the last movie are, or well, actually, no, the last movie, they weren't so much unlikable. That's when we're getting the 50-50. This one, most of the characters we meet are unlikable. Everybody we almost encounter is an unlikable character. So when the town gets together, it's like, why should I care about this? You know what? I hope Michael Myers, you know what? Make him supernatural. Have him come back to life off of this car. Have him pick up the car and just start smashing you guys into the ground. Because I, don't, I just don't care at this point. I don't care See, about... I, 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 don't, I disagree. Because they brought in Sandra. You had Lindsay Wallace. You had the dad. I think there was enough sprinkling of decent characters that it was it made up for it for me. Or it wasn't as big of an issue for me. I'm not gonna, I, wish, I'm not... I wish that Lindsay Wallace's character was not Lindsay Wallace. I just wish that she was a new character. Because <laughs> it just seems like... Why would Lindsay Wallace still be living in this town? <laughs> yeah, I, for, I forgot that was even her. I, I have problems. Now, this is a nitpick. I'll give you that. So she works at the bar. Know that Allison is here with this guy who usually doesn't get out because of, of this issue. She She's not going to give her friend a heads up that her date's uh, victim's mother is here in the bar. We're not going to do that? Okay, cool. All right. But uh, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to beat the dead horse that I said this movie is beating. That's that's where I'm at with it. That was my major complaint with the movie. And it, yeah. it, brings, it, uh, it brings it down. I mean, I think... We've had enough episodes that people will understand too. Like, yeah, that's something. Yeah, I, guess I mean, so. I understand what you're saying, but you're also only ever talking like you're not like. Tell me why you don't like it other than the unlikable characters, because it seems like you're really, really hung up on that. Or is that really just it? Um, because I don't know that you've really given me much of a reason besides that. Honestly, yeah, it is so much because of that, because that is so much of this movie. So <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> What, that so, was such so, a small part of the film to me. You are very hung up on that one thing. No, because this whole thing is about Corey's escalation into the dark side. So, for... Re- I didn't take it that way. I don't think that it was ever really an escalation. I think... Well, it wasn't an escalation because they didn't try to escalate it. They, I mean, they just it threw it all off. But and it wasn't and then, the main central focus of the story for me. I actually thought that Corey was going to be a red herring throughout majority of this film. I was thinking that, and then I honestly didn't think the movie was smart enough to pull it off, and they weren't putting in the details to set it up for that, because I thought at a certain point that they were going to have Allison kind of be mm-hmm. that, but yeah. especially when they were riding the bike together, I was like, wait, is that is she going to pull off the Michael Myers mask? But it didn't <laughs> set up the, the details that you usually see to foreshadow, foreshadow that type of thing. Well, I think they did. That's why that whole scene of the nurse, I was like, oh yeah, Allison's going to turn evil for sure. Yeah, but I, then I, it didn't, and that was something that I thought was disappointing in this film because I thought it was building up for having Corey to be this red herring, and that either Allison or even Laurie herself was going to snap at the end. But I feel like they wanted to have this finality to the film that 
it kind of contradicts itself because in Laurie's book, when she's writing at the end, she says that evil doesn't go away, it just changes shape. But we don't really see that it did that. It did it, but then that was it. Or if, even if at the end Corey had survived, and we really do see that Corey becomes a new shape of evil, then that would have been good. But I think that there's a finality to the film's ending that I did not like. I thought they were going to go that direction, but I started seeing that they were not planning to. A part of this film that bothers me is actually seeing it as a whole and coming from Halloween Kills. Uh, it still bothered me with Michael Myers being alive. And I just started seeing, like, I, I already walked into this film not invested for this. So I, so they, by not having really any likable characters, nothing to latch on to, I was still very distant from this movie. I'm rolling my eyes every time you see likable characters now. <laughs> Yeah, because that that's the main, I mean, this is a, a movie of, I don't know, any movie or TV show, it, it's, it's filled with characters, and I think that it's, it's such a large portion in this film, and, and so much screen time is given to these individuals that I just, I didn't care for, for anything. I mean, I, I enjoy unlikable characters if it has good characterization. And I think that this did have good characterization of Corey and, and even Allison to a degree. Lori's character, I think, could have had good motivation if it had a better actress. Like I said, I do have some issues with Jamie Lee's acting in these films. Um, but I liked it. I don't think that likability is important to me. I think that the characters who you seem to latch onto were such small characters in this film, but it didn't really bother me. Yes, they were a bit two-dimensional and unlikable, but they just weren't the main focus of this film for me. The characters that were the main focus were unlikable, but they had better characterization. So I, I like them. I, I think Likeability that just is not a good... <laughs> I don't know if that's the word. I think you're talking about unlikable characters, specifically the side characters with poor writing not necessarily unlikable uh, characters at whole because there's a lot of likable characters in all of film movies literature whatever that are unlikable but have excellent characterization yeah yeah so it's poor characterization it's I, so do I, you I, think that Corey had poor characterization and allison and laurie no i think i think those three were all right with their characters but I think everything surrounding him and what, what was pushing them into a descent of madness, that's what you have here with Corey and Allison, is that they're getting pushed into this descent. But I'm not on board with their descent because what's pushing them is ridiculous. It's out of touch. It's just like when we're talking about Hellraiser. I like that the 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 wife had this affair with the with with the with the brother-in-law and that she was helping him regain the body but there was no motivation there there was nothing i like i don't understand why it would go to this point or that it or that we we reach a point of understanding but then you keep harboring the point like you're not going any further with it there's no complexity i get it people are bad they suck and they're pushing them into madness yeah, i got I didn't that get within that from this film I did not get that from this film because it's always been about a personification of evil. It's not actually about humanity. It's about this kind of more conceptual view of evil than it is about something actually pushing them from a human aspect. No, what I got, what I got from this film is that this evil had infiltrated this town and now this town has issues and now is pushing this, this 
this this young adult into uh into madness because they even set it up to like this happened his whole incident was badly timed because it just came off the cusp of Michael Myers. And they even said like they needed a new boogeyman and they kind of made him the boogeyman. So they keep pushing like this town has been inflicted and this is, this is the spawn of it. But I think it was just all poorly done. I agree. I don't think it was poorly done because I feel like it felt realistic. Cause I think at one point I was like, this isn't like, especially when they were doing the same thing for Lori like, why would you blame Lori for what happened to her? But then I'm thinking, oh, well, that's what we do anyways in the real life. <laughs> we do blame our victims. But so I don't think from that angle that I had an issue with it. And uh, I mean, I do agree that it does, to a degree, a good part of it is them pushing someone to evil. But there's also this part that it makes a point to say that this is not Corey anymore. This is something else. And so there is still that supernatural element to it as well. And just kind of the nature of the Boogeyman and the nature of the Halloween franchise as a whole as this personification of evil that is kind of extraordinary, you know? Yeah, I I see what you're saying. I see why you like... I Like, I see why you like the film. Like, if that was my perspective, if I saw that, or, you know, I, I just... Because I, I did see that, but I just thought at a point, like all right, we're, we're done with that. Like we can, we can move on, we can build. But I thought that they were, instead of building up, they were just building around or they were just, you know, thrown in pizzazz and what they already built. Well, I but, think that him going after the doctor and the nurse, I mean, that wasn't really so much about him. I mean, I don't think that he knew that that was going on. And I mean, I think he knew that the doctor was kind of an ass to Allison, but I don't think there was fully in awareness of what was going on with that situation. I think he at one point was looking for someone to kill, but I don't think, I don't know. I, I think you just needed to get your kills in. And I understand why that annoys you, but it just doesn't bother me so much. <laughs> I, I but, see, I see why you like the film, but yeah, it wasn't, I, I, I can't say I don't agree. I just don't, we just don't have the same feeling. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I, there are things I don't like about this film, and like I said, I feel like the ending in particular was not my favorite. I think that they needed to leave it a little bit more open-ended than they did. But, I mean, I think that it was okay to have a conclusion to Michael Myers. I think that if they wanted to press the fact that the shape of evil prevails, they needed to show that, and they didn't. Lori's arc in this film wasn't my favorite. Like I said, I I don't, I didn't really know, I didn't understand her motivations coming from how she was before to how she is now, like how there wasn't really, you know, she was this gun-toting, you know, survivalist, and then she just kind of gives that away, and I didn't really understand the connection there, and I, her whole relationship with the sheriff, I think that I enjoyed it in the fact that I think that's the first we really saw of like Halloween Lori, like with the twirling her hair. I thought that was a little silly to see a grown, however old she is, woman, 60 something woman, twirling her hair in the grocery store. But at the same time, I did look at a part of the original Halloween. She does twirl her hair in the same way. And so I think that is kind of the first kind of hint through this whole trilogy that we saw of the actual Laurie Strode from the first movie but I think that the pacing and her little flirtatious scenes with the with the sheriff or whatever he is were a bit slow and awkward 
they were we we I, I felt like it was just hey there needs to be some happiness with her and what what better way to bring happiness you know to a woman than a man i don't know what else you could possibly do uh so joking by the way don't don't look at me like that when you ask me what else about uh, aside from the characters that i not like about this and the characterization uh, th- those were actually the two other things that i did not like about the film is the way that it ended because like i said it's kind of we end Corey's arc and immediately go into Michael just attacking Lori. Like there didn't really feel like a story there between mm-hmm. between Michael and Michael, Lori and the town. It just felt like, all right, Michael, get in there so you can die. Uh which was it was a pretty good fight at the end. I also I think that the themes that they were trying to portray with the the infection of the town, I don't think that was done well. Those were my three complaints. And kind of with the infection of the town, that kind of, it bleeds in from the second film because it seemed like it was trying to lean on the second film's support of that because of the offense of the second film. That's how we got to this point. But hey, that second film wasn't a good film either. That was my issue. See, I feel like as far as the infection of the town plotline, I think I just tried to pretend Halloween Kills didn't exist, but I liked it better. I think I like it a lot better if I pretend Halloween Kills doesn't exist because it feels more natural. Whereas Halloween Kills built it up to be this like true infection, like I said, the dairy main type infection. Whereas this film, it was a little bit more of this is just a natural progression of how a town would respond to these events and not necessarily something supernatural infection with the town itself. Like I think Michael himself has that supernatural infection, but I don't like the idea of it spreading to the whole town as infected. And I don't think that this film really, like I said, I think this film, as a standalone, it handles it better. But as a part of the trilogy, I don't like it handles it well. Yeah, but I also, I think you need Halloween Kills because that's what really kind of sets the the massacre. Because I think with the, with the first Halloween 2018, I mean, how many people does it really kill? But with Halloween Kills, like, that's when it really turns into a massacre. Like, he, like... Again, depending on the size of the town, he does he does a good damage. He he makes a dent, and I think with um coming from that, I, I don't know. I think also it just it makes more sense that the town would be more into fear than they would into turning into evil. Again, I don't like dairy makes sense because it is a super well. It's not even a supernatural. It's an alien. It's like an alien supernatural affection turtle thing. I mean, personally speaking. For me, this works as a sequel to Halloween 2, in a way. I think if I look at it from that perspective, I like this film a lot better. Nope, doesn't work for me. I did it. I did it in my head. I had a whole retcon. But you don't like Halloween 2, so... What? Who said that? You. <laughs> or yeah. at least I'm, I'm implying that, inferring that you don't like Halloween 2. I didn't like a lot of them, so I mean that's. But a, I think that it uh it works better because I don't I just think that this was such a weak trilogy, and I think that this film stands apart from it so greatly. I I, I did not I was not a fan, but I I feel like this could definitely work as a standalone. Just jump forward to Lori's future. I mean, if you got rid of the part, of course, of Karen, if you just pretend Karen just didn't exist or just, like, got killed some other way. <laughs> what did you think of the whole, like, Lori suicide plot? I, a bit forced to get that fake out. Mm-hmm. I think it was a good portrayal. 
like if she was actually going to do it, but for it just to be a fake out, I feel like it was just a attempt to gain emotion from the audience. Yeah, I agree. And once again, I said, I just don't, I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis is a great actress. I'm sorry. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me because she is, she's Laurie Strew, you know, she's the heart of the franchise. Uh, but I just, I don't think that she had enough to give this film what it was due in the way that they tried to portray her emotions. And I do think she acted better in this one than she did in the previous movies, though. And it's kind of funny because similarly, Halloween 2009, I think, the Halloween two, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 had the same issue, had the exact same issue is that it was treating these themes of trauma and so well, but it had an actress that just could not handle it. <laughs> the actress was just not very good. And it was a shame because like it actually was a decent movie and it just, uh, no. It just the acting tore it down. And I think that for me, Lori's, like I said, it's all just up to the acting. And even Allison herself, I don't think that she as an actress was that brilliant either. I definitely think Corey, his acting was the best in this movie uh, by far of all the characters. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, Corey is the the standout here. Aside from the time that he just decided to go to Michael Myers and just run him for his mask. That was funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. I did like seeing a kind of beaten down Michael, and I thought that he was going to get stronger as he killed throughout the movie, and he does a little bit, but it was interesting seeing a beaten down Michael. See, I was, I was talking to Devin afterwards, and I said, man, it would have been cooler in Halloween Kills if we did get to see Michael Myers get more of a beatdown, to see him kind of get tired. And mm-hmm. I think, and that's when we finished Kills. And then I thought while watching Ends, I was like, man, that would have made more sense if that did actually happen in Kills, because then I would understand why he's in a sewer. But he doesn't really seem to be like, like too badly injured or like, it, it doesn't even make did. sense. Yeah, but I mean, he comes up and he kills everybody. But it's just that, after he killed some, though, because the idea is that he gains more power and strength as he kills. Right, right. But I think that they missed an opportunity because it was just so one-sided. It was like, oh, Michael's beaten down. And he comes back up and he kills everybody. But I think it would have been cool, like, kind of just... Like, think about uh, Daredevil hallway fight scene, right? I'm not talking about having a, a Michael Myers, like, hallway <laughs> fight scene, one shot, just killing all the people. But think about, like, how he had to fight off four people in a vehicle. And thinking about like seeing him kind of struggling to kill all these people, being in these constant engagements, because I thought that was that was cool. Halloween kills like both the car fight and fighting the firemen, seeing him mm-hmm. fight fight multiple individuals. If they were able to do more damage to him, but he was still able to come up on top, and we see him retreat to the sewer, I would have had more of a believability to to him resting in there, to him just so, being so, kind so of that, like retired uh, almost. So I feel like that's more of a criticism of kills than it is ends yes yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's more that that's more looking at the trilogy as a whole mm-hmm. I, I think they missed a a uh a shot to give more again believability to the current state that he's in yeah i mean i think i agree like if they had given some kind of shot or something to show his tiredness after getting that whole big beat down by the whole town and kills i would have liked that a little bit better 
it does give a little bit of a nod to Halloween 5. I felt in Halloween 5, once again, Michael is wounded and he has to take time to recover. And he's recovering with this kind of this old elderly man who just kind of takes him under his wing and, and kind of cares for him for like a year while he recovers. That's kind of a silly part of the story, but I kind of got that feeling from this with the, the homeless man kind of watching out for him <laughs> for two years or however many years it was. Well, it was four, year, four years, right? I said it yeah, earlier. Yeah, four, <laughs> four years. Four years. I guess he used to be a, a military uh, medical vet. Yeah. Or something like he, because I, I get it, man. I can see him withstanding everything, but infection. <laughs> what part of infection is he like beating? Like what? I don't know. That one seems so scientific. I, like, I feel like you can't just. How many people get... were just wandering down this pipe for him to kill to stay alive? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the that that guy was bringing them people. Yeah. Because he did say people will go down there. Mm-hmm. And they don't come out. <laughs> Everybody floats down there. Yeah. It was very it. But that's also part of why I think I I like it to a degree. I don't think entirely. There's definitely things that I didn't like. But I enjoyed some of the, the cinematic references. I think one reference I forgot to mention, but I, I absolutely loved, was um the Corey's mother in this film. I love that they added that because Halloween has been a franchise that has taken tribute from psycho for a long long time so having that mother character and that kiss that she gives him at one point in the story was wild it had me laughing because it was such a psycho thing you know such a reference to psycho having this mother character in here and having those mommy issues and i i I enjoyed it yeah i think that was like one moment of complexity and that was cool but her character is so uh has such a concrete personality of being awful that it didn't go anywhere i, I thought that I, I was a missed opportunity got, i thought it went somewhere i thought it had purpose and i i enjoyed it like i said no. it was it was specifically to have that psycho reference which halloween has been doing throughout the whole entire franchise there's something else there was a reason i had to rewind this movie i'm trying to remember what it was but you mentioned something about editing there was something in this movie i'm pretty sure it's this one it could have been kills but both that oh yeah this movie there's a part where like the doctor he tells Corey that it's just gonna be a pinch when he takes the glass out and then Corey flinches when he does it and then Allison gets blamed yeah I don't understand what happened there either I think that was an editing issue yeah it was an editing no it was an editing and a writing issue because I rewinded it rewinded it rewound it because you were watching on Peacock <laughs> uh so yeah I looked at Devin and I said wait what just what just happened and then I rewound it and, oh, okay. Yeah, that still doesn't make sense, but all right. So the so the doctors, so we're supposed to hate the doctor. Again, that's just the, the forced I, writing. I don't think, I honestly, I think that was more of an editing issue than a writing issue. I think something happened, but it just did not show it well. I blame all cast and crew. <laughs> except for uh, whoever played Corey Cunningham. He did great. Don't let anybody yeah, call your sparkle. I'm looking forward to seeing um, more roles from him. I hope he gets more roles after this. We'll see. If Paul Rudd can get more roles after Chris and Michael Myers, he can get more roles after Halloween ends. Oh gosh, let's not <laughs> go into that. Good old Paul Rudd. Let's go ahead and get into our letter grade for this film. Yeah, I think we're going to have some pretty different letters here. And we talked about 
when we were talking about the Hellraiser remake that we've been pretty much on the same page except for Jurassic World recently for V's legacy sequel. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this one plays out. I already know how this one's going to play out because we said that, you know, unless it involves dinosaurs, but unless it involves a, like a property and something that you're already like, you already really like this. Like you went into, well, no, I because I really, I didn't, because I didn't even watch Halloween Kills because I, I don't like this trilogy. Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe Dinosaurs and Michael Myers is the, the break for us. I, like I really like Dinosaurs too. But, but I can admit that there's movies in this franchise that I actually hate. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I would not, I don't know who could be a, I wouldn't trust any diehard fans' opinion of any movies if they say, yeah, the, this franchise is the best franchise ever. No, it's not. Yeah. It's definitely not. <laughs> uh, let me think. Um, all right. I think I know where you're going to give this. Okay. You want me to go first or you? Yeah, go first. Uh, I give this a D. And um, I want to say that, you know, starting this episode, I am opening up my reviewing more for ease. Uh, so there are some movies when we do our reviews, I'm going to go back and say, now nah, that gets an E. Uh, so this film wasn't, this film wasn't horrible, but I didn't, I didn't like this film. I think it has enough uh, competency in the direction and the structure to be considered a passable film, but I think the the writing brings us down multiple letter grades for me. But Corey Cunningham's story is what keeps it to at least be a watchable movie. So I give this a straight D. Yeah, I think in being a fan of a franchise, maybe it's just that I'm able to pinpoint more things that I like in it, just because I, I know what I like thematically in this series and I feel like thematically this movie just really did work for me and I was happy to finally get something that was at least close to what I wanted after watching Halloween 4 and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 because those films had things in it but I just I really wanted to see the franchise go into that direction and this is probably the best that we've gotten in that direction throughout this whole 15 film franchise so I'm going to give this a, a B I'll give it a B. I was tempted to give it a B plus. I'll give it a, a B because there are things that I, I don't like about how this movie ended. But gut reaction, I just, I really love this film. When I came out of the theaters, I was thinking very positively of this film. And just the way it made me feel, the way it gave me that sense of satisfaction, I, I, I like this film a lot. I was thinking B minus, but no, B makes perfect sense for yeah. you. I think that's what our Jurassic World grade was as well. I think I gave Jurassic World an A, but I need to go back and jot that down. <laughs> you better not have. No, it might have been a B plus. I think it was about the same. I don't remember. Uh, but I've watched Jurassic World three times now, and I'm I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I that's can have fun with it. It's not a great movie. I mean, I'll admit it's not a good movie, but I have fun with it. And this film, I'm definitely, I'm already looking forward to watching this film again. Even after watching 15 Halloween movies, I'm still wanting more Halloween. So what does that tell you? Uh, I don't know. I'm not licensed to say. <laughs> but yeah, Jurassic World. Jurassic World is one of the ones I'm debating. Should I go into E-level? The more time passes on, the more I hate that film. Yeah, I have enjoyment with it. It's fun. So let's go ahead and go into where we rank this film, and I'll let you go first, because mine's going to be a more extensive list. I'm not sure 
I'll go through mine very briefly, but I will have my ranking on my letterbox as well. So for this film, uh, starting from the bottom, going from the bottom up, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with Halloween Ends right at the end. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's actually, I thought it was going to be the 2007 Rob Zombie remake, but even watching the director's cut, I still can't put it on the bottom. I'm going to put Curse of Michael Myers. This was an awful, brutal, butcher product of a film. <laughs> uh, then I'll go ahead and put Rob Zombie's remake above that. Halloween 2, H2O, Halloween Kills, Halloween 2018, Halloween Ends, and then Halloween, John Carpenter, up top. Wait, so, okay, now that's interesting. So Halloween Ends, you do like it better than the other two in the trilogy? Yes. It's wild for as much as you hate this, it's still your number two spot. <laughs> I know. I, and I knew that. I was like, man, I'm going to go in this ranking. I was about to say that our rankings are probably going to be similar, but the I, I, I decided not to, I decided to recant that statement in my head because you have twice as many, almost twice as many films as I have. So it's going to be this a little bit hard. over the place. But I did think you were going to be surprised that I was going to put Halloween ends up top. And it's more so that the way Halloween 2018 really plays out is why it, it brings the film lower for me, for this film. And I, I hate the ending of the 2018 Halloween. And I think when Halloween 2018 gets into the kills, I think it's very boring. I think that's when it's a lot of Michael Myers. It's just a big dude that comes up behind people. That's it. Uh, so I can give Halloween ends a little bit more credit. Granted, now thinking about it, I didn't think that I would give Halloween 2018 a D, but I guess I will give it a D. Yeah. You know what? Halloween ends, I'll give you a D plus. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a... Yeah, well, we'll get into my ranking. <laughs> Alright, starting from the bottom, I have the Rob Zombie Halloween remake. I did not like that, and what you told me about the director's cut, I hated it even more. After that, I have H2O. I did not like H2O. I really hated H2O, and for Rosie saying it's the best since the original, I don't know what's wrong with y'all, because I thought it was boring, and I did not like it, and once again, I think I really just do not like Laurie Strode after the first two Halloween films. <laughs> like, I don't like her. Uh, next is going to be Curse of Michael Myers. No explanation there. It's bad. Next is Halloween 3, bottom tier. I know that it's getting a cult Halloween right now, but it it doesn't really work for me. I think it has some great gore and kills, but the I think the reveals of this I wasn't a fan of. Then it's gonna be Halloween Kills, and then Halloween twenty eighteen, and then when we start to go into more of the films that I like, I'm gonna put Halloween Resurrection, which is considered an awful film, but it's so bad that it's good for me. <laughs> I had a fun time, even though it's it's god awful, but it's so fun. It's so funny. And then we're going to put Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie version. I think there's a lot of themes in that that had potential to go well. Then I'm going to put Halloween 4. The movie was boring, but that ending was great. After that, Halloween 5. There's a lot of things I hate about this movie, but there's also a lot of things that I do like, including its leads and the gothic setting at the end of the film. But there is a lot of things I don't like in that film. Then I'm going to put Halloween Ends. This one here, I I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was great. It had some missteps, but it still is a film that I enjoyed. And then after that, my top two is going to be 
in order, I mean, Halloween 2 and then Halloween being the best. I love Halloween 2. It kind of makes me sad to say that you hate it, and a lot of people say it's not a good movie, but I absolutely love it. I think that you still see John Carpenter's vision a little bit in that film with the way things are framed. I like the emptiness feeling of the hospital, and I like that it does start off our family saga. And it was the first Halloween movie that I saw, so I just have a really special place with Halloween too. I really love it. And Halloween, of course, the OG is amazing, so that, of course, is going to be number one. And I will have these, like I said, all linked on my letterbox at Coffee Spook Kate if you want to see the full list. I'm, man, I am thinking harder now. I think, no, I'm going to have to switch. 2018 above ends because I think I really like the the family dynamic in 2018. I just didn't like Karen. (laughs) Oh, Judy Greer. Maybe I'm thinking more so. I, I mean, I don't, I didn't mind her so much in Kills. Uh. Man, that that is a tough one. Like they're right on, like right next to each other. It's almost a tie. Uh it's weird. I I think, I think Ends is a better movie, but I think I dislike Ends more than Halloween. If that makes any sense. Halloween just felt so basic to me. Like, yeah, okay, that's probably the thing. Story. Like if I was to do stem and leaf plot, like it would. Like that, the, <laughs> yeah, like the the line is above it. It, it. it was like, yeah, it wasn't. It never reached the moments of ends, but it never reached the bottom of ends for me. Uh, I see what you're saying. I don't. I don't know. I just. I was. It was just more of the same to me. And like the second watch, it was a little bit more boring than what I remembered it when I first saw it in theaters. And then Lori just kind of ruins it for me as well. Like I said, I'm a Lori anti. And I, I feel bad because I do really love Lori in the first two Halloween movies. But then after that, I just, I wish that she would have stayed away from the franchise. And I think that's a very unpopular opinion as well within <laughs> Halloween fans. Yeah. Daniel Harris, though. Give me more Daniel Harris. I'll take more of her any day. Who does she play? Uh, Daniel Jamie Harris Lloyd? played Jamie Lloyd and Annie yeah. in the remakes. So she's unofficially the like other screen queen of the franchise. Like Between uh, Jamie Lee, Donald Pleasance, and then Jamie, I think they have, like in that order, the most appearances in Halloween film. And the mask. The shape. No, not even the mask, because they changed the freaking... No, the actresses. actresses yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I, I know what you're saying. I said not even the mask, because that original mask was only in two movies. That's another thing that's a whole conversation with the Halloween franchise, is that mask is... They have a hard time getting it right. <laughs> there are a lot of these movies with awful, awful masks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, very surprising. But, man, can that mask... That mask can withstand a lot. Like, we should be giving that out to the military. Yeah, right. All right, so I know that this is the conclusion of this trilogy, but would you ever want more Halloween in the future? Or let me phrase it this way. In what sense would you want Halloween to come back? I I think they missed their chance. I think this was the one time that I would have been on board for it. If they didn't go with the with the plot and the themes that they went for this movie... That's what I would have requested, but I'm not going to request for them to try it again. It's like, no, you you went up to the bat, someone swung, they miss it. I I don't want to see the same the same pitch and swing again. 
Uh, so no, I don't want more from this franchise. I think this franchise is is done. I, you know, we we have we have other slashers. We have better slashers. There's no there's nothing that needs to be filled. There's no void or shape that needs to be filled uh, by this franchise. So we we can move on. You know, evil died that night, and we can continue forward. Yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Part of me still wants Daniel Harris to come back and do have some kind of comeuppance in this franchise because I think it has done her so dirty. Um, so I would like to see that at some point. Maybe I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I I wouldn't be opposed to another Halloween. But they need to just go in a completely different direction, and I don't think that fans are going to allow that. To be honest, and it's sad. It's unfortunate because I think that. With how this film did things differently and how we've seen it done differently in the past, there's room for the franchise to grow outside of its basic formula, but there's always something holding it back, and that's unfortunate. I do wonder if, pardon me, this is kind of a little bit left field, but I do wonder with the new cult following that Halloween 3 is getting, that they might at some point return to the anthology kind of view. And just kind of slap the Halloween name on it and kind of do something with that, kind of play with that. I don't think that's entirely out of the realm of possibility just because, like I said, that film is getting a pretty bigger cult following in recent years when it had when it originally came out. But I don't know. I, I think it all just depends on what risks that these producers are willing to take. I can see a Peacock limited series, like a limited October yeah. series. Yeah, like that would be interesting. I wouldn't hate it. Even though I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of Halloween 3, but it's a possibility. But like I said, I I think that if you got a producer, director that's willing to really take this somewhere, I'd be open to it. But I'm just, I'm tired of seeing the same missteps and just reverting back to the same story. So if that's what they were going to make again in the future, I don't really know that I want that. I think the, I think if they went in the direction of like Scream, where there are multiple Michael Myers. And I, th- I think Scream even, like, they play it better with the influence the previous killers have for the new ones. And I, I think, like, it, again, it would have been kind of cool to see Allison be the Michael Myers as as well. Kind of, again, seeing that that growth. But again, but like I said, I think they missed the opportunity. So let's, let's move forward. Let's see that. Let's see these themes be recreated in a better way in another movie trilogy franchise but let's not put michael myers in it but some i would like to see somebody get influenced by this idea and do it better yeah i would also accept that but there you have it guys this is our thoughts on halloween ends and the halloween franchise as a whole is there anything you want to say to include brian uh no no i think i got it uh yeah i think i said everything (laughs) got it all out like I said, if you want to go back and see what I thought about the other films in this franchise and you want to see where I rank them, do check out our Twitter at OpSilverScreen and also check out my personal letterbox at CoffeeSpoonKate. That's CoffeeSpoon C-A-I-T. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram's going to be at OpSilverScreen, but the Facebook's going to be at Operation Silver Screen. And Brian also has his personal letterbox at SwikeSeal. That's capital S, capital S. So do reach out to us there. Yeah, show us... Uh... No, show us your, what was I going with? I'm trying to look for the words. I use so Don't many know. words, I'm running out of them. <laughs> now, go ahead, show us some love. You know, we, like, you know, just let us know that we're, or I am in your thoughts and prayers, <laughs> uh, because this has been a 
rough three weeks, two Hocus Pocuses, three Hellraisers, and seven Halloweens for me that I didn't want to watch. You, Yeah, you had to watch 15 of them, but that was your doing, and you liked it, so that that's on you. <laughs> I don't think our yeah. sufferings compare. Yeah, I'm kind of sad to be done with it, to be honest. I mean, because I didn't watch... Like, only, like, about half of them were rewatches for me, and then the other half were brand new. And, and sometimes it was rough and it dragged, but it was just fun. It was just a fun thing to do. Like, it was something I looked forward to just hopping on Twitter and just kind of giving my thoughts on it. And it was a fun time. We'll have to do some more marathons and stuff that way as well with some live tweets. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll get in there with a couple franchises. I, I think, though, the next time that we announce, or they announce a uh, franchise getting rebooted, I'm going to start the moment, like, the trailer, like, the moment it gets screenlit, I'm going to watch a movie. <laughs> and then when it gets a trailer, or the teaser, I'm going to watch a movie, and then trailer. I'm not going to wait till we get the release date. I'm going to wait two weeks before, because between this and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I, gosh, I, yeah, I, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was rough. Th- this was just about as rough for me. Oh, uh, no. Nowhere close. I had more fun with this, though. I had more fun. Yeah. Like, unintentionally, but more fun. I feel like also, like, the movies that you watched, or a lot of them are at the bottom of my list of, like, ones that I enjoyed. <laughs> Alright, so, till next time, we'll be in HQ. I'm Brent. And I'm Caitlin. See you.